Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I wanted to start off with a quote that I read that you wrote, which I, I really enjoyed, where you were talking about your music and... You said, in the same way light leaks into a camera leaving impressions on the film, every instance of my recollection contains some traces from the glow of memories past. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a very romantic way of kind of looking at the way that how our memory, you know, fades with time. For some reason, like time and memory are both like things that I explore a lot in my music, I think. And um, I, I know that when I first started recording, uh, I was pretty young and I didn't have a whole lot of like deep like life experience to share but i've always been kind of like uh the type of person who thinks a lot about like more general questions of like nature and th- that i felt more equipped to talk about um and and i just think that those like ideas are so fascinating like i, I definitely have like a very deep interest in psychology and like i think psychology in itself relates to time and memory and how we process things and and so and so that's definitely been a part of my music in the sound and in the themes like i try to make those a cohesive thing that blends together because because in my recordings i've i've definitely tried to make like this the synths and the guitar and and the mix itself like have this kind of haze or like distance to it and like that's definitely to me trying to represent like like the same way that a memory has kind of distance to it like when i talk about something from like years ago I almost want to make the sound the sound of the song like match that in a certain sense. I'll, I'll, I'll sacrifice a little bit of the clarity or like fidelity of a song just to try to emulate that what the lyrics are trying to say. You know, how does that function of your writing quite in the present? Because some of this last record, you're very much writing in the moment as opposed to looking back. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think that I think it 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 uh, translated more into like. I, I guess a lot of people say that my music sounds kind of like dreamy or sort of not, I mean, you used the word romantic and that kind of is definitely like, I'm definitely uh, 
more of a romantic writer than like a kind of realist, like blunt kind of writer um, in songwriting and in my recording methods. So I think on the new album, I think that the, 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 the mix is a little bit clearer. Things cut through a little bit more. I wasn't trying so hard to make something that, that, that sounded far away. And I think that was partly motivated by just wanting my music to be kind of more direct and, and, and mixes that are kind of clearer and easier on the ears. But it was also, I think, again, um, connected to the material I was writing, like the influences I had uh, in terms of themes. Because like I said, I, I wanted it to, I think it translated more into like um, the clearer mixes still have this like romantic character to them, this dreamy character that people often talk about with my music but but that that can apply to things that are happening now like if there is so much happening in my life um the last year or so as as i think it's been that way for everyone this last year and 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 that kind of took on a, a dreamlike character that that, that that i think translated into my music so it, it wasn't quite so much trying to make things sound like a distant memory so much as just trying to make them sound sort of surreal and kind of uh dreamlike because because we, we had so much to process this last year um it can kind of make life feel very surreal i guess did you feel a little disconnected when everything was first kicking off well i mean there was stuff going on in my personal life that made me feel disconnected too um but but no that was that was definitely a thing um i mean my album uh has a clear progression to it in that some of the earlier songs on the album were written uh, earlier and the later songs kind of were, were the last minute not last minute but the later additions to the album um, so it almost like is chronologically accurate in in when I wrote the songs and also in terms of like the the the, the time periods that these songs cover like the later half of the album is kind of more low-key and kind of uh, less I guess like um, upbeat and and that was sort of because like a lot of those earlier songs were put together pre-COVID and other songs were put together later on the album post-COVID and and also post-breakup, uh, post-moving. Uh, uh, I had been living with friends for like three years and now I'm living, uh, well, I was living alone for a little while and then I was able to move in with, with a roommate again. That's kind of made things easier socially. But but I guess my point is just that... that um, the, the later half of the album um, definitely ties into, I think, an experience that I had and that I think a lot of people had under COVID where like suddenly you were kind of alone with your thoughts and you were uh, able to, th there's something like nice about that, but it's also definitely, you feel disconnected, you're right. And you feel, um, it, it encourages a more low key uh, mode of songwriting, I suppose. So I think that it's kind of like an accurate testament to like this past year in a way that some of my earlier albums didn't quite didn't quite do, I guess. Is that something you bear in mind when you start working on a new record? Do you kind of view it very much in the context of what's come before? Well, so so I don't really set out with any anything in mind. Like I definitely don't don't put together specific themes before the fact. Usually I pull everything together later. I start looking at the songs as a whole and think about what uh, what actually runs through each of the songs together, but but it is true that I definitely like try to build on previous albums. I think like like a lot of people say that they are influenced by their old music just as much as they're influenced by like whatever uh, whatever other individuals' music they're listening to. 
when they work on the record, like, like it's very much like a, a, a big influence on, at least for me and I'll bet for others, like on your songwriting, just kind of listening to your older music and thinking like, what, what worked about this? What, what did people like about these songs? And at the same time, you always want to do something new. So it's kind of like a push and pull with that relationship. So do you set down kind of intentions for the record before you begin working? Will you set down some kind of parameters and concepts that you want to achieve with it? To an extent, um, the themes sort of come together on their own. And often I'm not really trying to convey anything in particular, but but I definitely have ideas for the sounds whenever I start on a new record. Like, I mean, it's something that I'm working on now. I have kind of set parameters, and, and but you play with them a little bit. I mean, you, you don't want to give yourself limitations that are too strict because I think that limitations help creativity in a lot of ways. They, they allow you to to hone in on like a specific thing and, and get it to be more fleshed out rather than kind of just like a grab bag of like a million different ideas that you didn't quite take all the way, you know? Um, but, but, but yeah, I mean, I definitely sit down and think like with this record, like, like let's do something more upbeat or with this record, like let's try to, I mean, especially with um, the two EPs I put out in 2018, um, one of them, I was like, this one, I'm going to, kind of pop sound with like drum machines and synths and such and like really clear production. Let's take that as far as I can at my current level of technical ability. Um, and that was on the, the Light is Leaving EP in 2018. Um, and then I wanted to make a companion EP to it, Long Division, that was just like tape recordings again, um, that was just kind of like guitar and drums and bass and like less upbeat sound, like more just kind of like simple um, not not folky songs but stuff that's kind of just like closer to people lump me in with like that kind of bedroom pop scene and i wanted to do something kind of closer to that just record on tape again and not worry too much about it being like clear production and like catchy hooks so 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 i definitely try to have more intention with my work these days where i really sat down with an idea in mind but when i started i really just was messing around i had no set ideas it's interesting what you're saying there about with those two eps where you'll take an element of what you're doing and kind of push it and see how far you can Mm -hmm. go with it what Mm -hmm. do you gain from that what do you learn from that Uh, it's almost like practice um because when because you you kind of i think that especially as like uh, still like a musician who's really hasn't been working for like i know there's people who've been writing songs for like 10 or 20 years especially before they even uh, find any of the the following that I've found um, over just like six years or so. Like, um, so I so I still feel like very like new to this, and very much like I'm learning um, every time I write a song. I'm like learning so much from from each from each one. I think a lot of bands have a very specific formula that they've honed over years and years, and like they know exactly what they're doing um, and exactly what they do right, and exactly what's best for their sound and their voice and etc. Like every time so but but i don't really have a formula yet so so you're right that i'm kind of uh listening to a certain song i've written in the past and thinking like 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 what if i kind of try to take that one a little bit further or what if i try to take this other one a little bit further i mean for example um a lot of my newer music i I won't act like i don't listen to my most popular songs the ones that were most successful i mean i think i think the one that has done best in terms of finding new audiences and such was the single I put out in 2016 called It Was Gone, which is very upbeat. And like that song was such a fluke. I had no idea what I was doing, but I've definitely tried to like replicate the success of that song. Um, thinking like, what, what, what was I doing there? And like, how can I 
push it further or put it under a new lens. And that's really hard. It's really hard to replicate something you're doing before, but you can still take the same instrumental choices and, and try to like play around with them further, I guess. That song comes back to the, we were talking about the romanticism earlier on as well. It's one that feels very evocative of that. Definitely, definitely. Uh, I mean, I think that's what, what, what I appreciate so much personally about that song is that it, it, it is, a lot of people say it's like such a catchy song or like the chorus kind of like hits really hard and those sorts of things. And I think that was really, it's not that it was unintentional. It's just that I'm not sure where that came from. But, but the thing that I appreciate about the song to this day is just that it does manage to uh, meld that the catchiness and those the sorts of like more immediate pop um, elements with with like a fairly romantic song and f- fairly romantic themes and like some interesting production choices and that's really always often what I'm trying to bring to the table because so much of the so many of the artists I like and admire are artists who manage to walk that thin line between like making something catchy and accessible and also trying to incorporate something more either experimental or something more like romantic and kind of like personal you know like those are my favorite artists, the ones that can make something that you'll like want to listen to over and over again, because it just sounds so nice. But it's also like not uh, sterile or like um, uh, insincere, like a lot of top 40 stuff are. I mean, I could definitely appreciate that stuff. But but the stuff that kind of tugs in my heartstrings are things that sound more unique to the individual. And you really feel like they're speaking from the heart and they're doing something that only they can do um, that's really personal to them. When you were saying as well that you you find yourself being quite romantic both in terms of the music itself and also the way that you produce it. What did you mean in terms of the kind of manner in which you make the music? Yeah, um, well, it's kind of, it's it's sort of technical and it's sort of not. I mean, um, I, when I first started uh, recording stuff for, for this, for Orchid Mantis, um, the, the kind of, the thing that started it was, was um, getting uh well i purchased like a four track tape recorder because i was really interested in that sound and a lot of artists i was listening to recorded on four track tape um and i liked how it it sort of the 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 record the tape recorder was almost like an instrument in itself at least especially in the manner of like the mix and like the production of the song um i mean guitar and other instruments and like a whole mix itself a, a blend of instruments will sound so different recorded to tape than just recorded straight into like a like a digital like you know recorded straight to a computer it's a totally different sound um and i and i personally felt like it 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 had a distance to it but another way you can express it is that like when you record on tape it almost sounds like old like it sounds like an older song like when you listen to you can record something that sounds like it was recorded in like the 70s even though you really recorded it yesterday and i love that about it i i love the idea of recording something that sounds kind of timeless in that sense or at least not like traceable to like the current production methods we have today where everything is really sterile and like clear it's like time um, travel. You're trying to yeah yeah exactly it's definitely like time travel it's it's like a you also get all of these associations with like older music like whenever you listen to these like 60s ballads like part of the beauty of them is that they sound like like they they're kind of gone like they 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 are they have that um thematic and that wasn't there when they originally recorded the song but it's there now because you they sound like they're from a different time they sound like they they, like the the memories and the moments have already passed and like i love that associative 
thing about these old songs and, and, and recording on tape was a way to try to kind of do that with my music, partly because I think it like adds a little bit to them in terms of maturity or like uh, you, you almost take the song more seriously if it's recorded on tape because it, it's, it's a, a demo you record on tape is going to sound a lot more, it doesn't sound more professional, but it sounds more uh, intimate. Like, like if you record a demo on tape, it almost sounds like it's supposed to sound like a little bit like badly produced. But if you record like a demo straight to like your, your digital like audio interface, like directly to your computer, um, you can tell that it's like, that it's like unfinished. It is not supposed to sound like that. Like, like basically what I'm trying to say is the stakes of my production were lowered by recording on tape. I didn't have to make everything sound perfect because I'm already recording it to an imperfect device in the first place. And so, I mean, getting back to your initial question about like, like, like approaching my production from a romantic angle, even when I started recording digitally, and tried to make my songs more clear because I couldn't really record straight to four track tape like forever. Um, I still would record my guitar onto my four track and then I would like bounce the recording to uh, standard audio software like Ableton, like on my computer. Um, and that's how I record now, um, along with a lot of other instruments fed through like old tape machines and such. But that's kind of the whole idea is like I explained, um, if you're recording the tape, you get this older sound and and that combined with digital production, um, it makes it sound more like like it's on purpose. It, it, people will listen to that and they'll think like, oh, like this person's trying to make something that sounds sort of like hazy or like woozy. Like you get all these terms that that people use to apply to uh, music with that sort of production style. And and I think that it's interesting how people how people get that sense of like of like distance or age or like uh memory like all of these uh thematic ideas come out of that production style um i mean i was listening to uh i was listening to a, an interview with uh adrian linker from the band big thief um mm, yeah. and she was like breaking down one of her songs um i think cattails and she kind of said exactly that she was saying that like she likes her music to to, to sound as if it's like an old photograph or something. And what she meant by that was that like, if you shoot on film, you end up with something that's not quite as representative of reality as a digital photograph, but it almost feels more real um, or it feels more um, imbued with like emotion or like distance and character. And I think that, that it's the exact same effect when you record on tape or when you when you feed things through a number of like filters, you make something sound a little bit far away, you EQ it so that it sounds like it's in another room. It has the same effect as like a film photograph compared to a digital photograph. It's the same phenomena where like analog formats remind us of like the distance of memory or the distance of like things that have passed, you know? Um, it's like so it was a tangible kind of natural thing. that my music would end up that way. Huh? Yeah, it is tangible. Yeah, that's, that's probably where the realness thing comes from too. Mm -hmm. Like, like mm -hmm. in terms of, although you're saying, you know, it's maybe a little bit more surreal and a little bit more exaggerated and not quite representative of reality, the fact of the matter is it's being recorded onto something that is real and that we can hold and we can touch, whereas when it goes into the computer, it almost feels like ghostly, like ephemeral, like it's, it doesn't feel mm -hmm. like it quite exists. No, definitely, definitely. I mean, I, I, I love the idea of like physicality in recording. I mean, I really miss that when I'm recording digitally because there's so much fun stuff you can do with digital recording where you can like record something and then chop it up into a million pieces and stretch it out and, and put a million effects over it until it's something completely different. But the truth is, is that that, that is just as much the case with, with tape recording. It's just more complicated, but it's 
like almost more satisfying in a way. I mean, I something I've always wanted to get into is like actually uh, manipulating the tape itself because you can you can chop it up um, and you can make splice it together into tape loops. I, I love the idea of working with music as a physical thing rather than than an, an rather than like the way we consider it now where it's just like audio passed through like a digital component um because in the past it really wasn't if you wanted to listen to music it was on a vinyl record or it was on cassette tape or it was uh there were so many different ways of 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 putting music onto a physical form but until it took on a physical form the only way to listen to music was when it was just played in front of you on an instrument and even an instrument is another physical component so 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 i think we've like lost that to an extent in in newer music when something is just written start to finish on a computer uh there's something really cool to me about writing on a computer but i think that both elements of recording and writing and just creating music are, are equally important and we have to be careful not to like lose one just for the ease of use of like digital recording you know which of the two mediums of recording do you feel more vulnerable in oh that's a good question um it's definitely digital. Like that's actually what what made me want to record on tape, among other things. It was like, sure, I like the sound, but also like, yeah, exactly. There was there were layers of separation between like my voice and like the final recording. Like it was filtered through tape hiss, and it was filtered through the the way that sounds instruments um, blend together with your voice on tape. That's like that's like so that was so important to me at the start because especially when you're not confident in your voice or not confident in your songwriting. Um, you can say like, well, I, I like the production. I like the way it was produced, even if I'm not happy with the final song or I'm not happy with my voice. So, so yeah, I mean, recording on tape was a way to decrease that sense of vulnerability and decrease that sense of like anxiety over over um, the human elements of the songs. Nowadays, I am more confident about the human elements. And I think that's what allows me to record digitally more. So it's definitely a part of it. But I do still like that. I like separating. I like I like separating myself from the final mix in a certain way, I suppose. I mean, that's why people put reverb all over their vocals. It just kind of like it's not so direct. And I definitely I definitely do a lot of reverb. <laughs> <laughs> when when you go back to tape now, is it a different thing? Now that you've recorded digitally, do you feel does it feel different? Have you honed something now that kind of feels different when you go back to tape? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um I think that, I mean, I mean, definitely like I, I have gotten so much more confident with digital recording and getting, getting the sound that I want digitally that in a way that I couldn't when I first started. And, and so when I come back to record on tape, it feels almost like I'm just like putting like a filter on rather than it being like my actual kind of mode of operating, um, which is in a way it's a little bit sad, but at the same time, it, it, I feel like more like I have full control over what I'm trying to do. But I'll, I'll, I will like catch myself thinking like, like, oh, like, like if the old kind of tape, like degraded sound was what drew people to my music in the first place, I have to be careful not to lose that. And, and not only for my audience, but also for myself, because it's something that I really love about recording. Like I, I love recording on tape and I also love that sound in general. Um, so I try not to, I try not to let myself stray too far from that. And I, and I remind myself, like, hey, like, I should, I should track that guitar line I wrote to tape for the final record, even if right now I already have it kind of like in in, in a digital format as like a placeholder. Because because yeah, it, it feels different, but it's still at the end of the day, it's just a 
a sound that I really enjoy and that I want to make sure that I that I that I continue to incorporate into my sound. I guess this comes back to what we were saying as well, looking at past music before you move on to a new record. Like if you do that, mm-hmm. it should be fairly easy to kind of preserve the tape effects and what you want to do with them. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, like like I said about kind of practicing whenever I write new songs, as I slowly build up all of these techniques that I know I enjoy and I try to apply them to new songs and uh in some ex- to some extent you're you're kind of accumulating all these things that you can fall back on so you have to be careful not to to be too derivative of your past work and and try to add new things um but 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 that's kind of like a balancing act because because i mean as you as you find new things that you can new tricks you can employ i think the best work comes from incorporating new new tricks and new elements into uh past things that that you know your audience and yourself have both appreciated um and kind of combining that so that so that you end up with something that feels familiar but still uh feels new and like novel in a certain sense too and people people do say that like my albums all feel kind of different but but the same (laughs) um so i think that that's like i guess it's a good sign i don't know i i feel like all of my albums are very different in a way that I think other people, because I, I will write a song and I'll be like, I've never written anything like this. Like, this is so crazy. Like I wouldn't, we would have never done this until now. And I'll play it for someone. And they'll be like, no, that's like, that's completely uh par for the course. Like that's completely normal for you. <laughs> um, so in some sense, that's a little bit disappointing, but I mean, uh, I, I guess I, I guess I bring enough new stuff to the table each time. Does that mean you're focusing more on the small details? Yeah. I've kind of always focused on, what a lot of people would consider the details like like and that's kind of been at the start it was because like i said i had i had sort of a lot of issues with my songwriting i was never really happy with a song i wrote so i was like i would spend my time focusing on like all of these little like like i would put like a little interlude at the end of the song or i would like put like a little sample in the middle where someone like says something or like uh just adding little details where i could be like i think that's like cool even if i don't like the song itself um, but I think like releasing music and getting a response from people and hearing from people really helped build my confidence in my songwriting so that I could think like ma- like these songs do have value, even if they don't fully succeed in, in, in doing what I wanted them to do initially. I've learned to kind of just appreciate the results more than like focus on whether my vision is, is fully accomplished or like brought to life. Yeah, I, I guess I guess that's important to me, but but I, like I said, I've learned to just appreciate the end result more than yeah. How that that convic- that kind of confidence and that conviction that you've gained that you were talking about there. Mm. How do you ensure that that doesn't impede like the raw emotion at the heart of it? If there's a certain vulnerability about some of the emotions mm-hmm. you're dealing with. Yeah, I mean, it's actually funny. Like I, I I was actually a little bit surprised when people said that my music had like such an emotional impact for them and and that it seemed like I was making this kind of deeply romantic music because I hadn't noticed really I was I was so focused on production and like uh making my song sound a certain way like like I said I wasn't focusing much on the songwriting so I I I guess a lot of the music I listened to was very emotional and so I was trying to replicate that like like both consciously and unconsciously um, but, but what I had always been focused on musically was just like the sound and like the production, because that's, what's like so fun to me is just playing with textures in music and like trying to make things sound a certain way, um, that I wasn't really too focused on making sure that it had like an emotional punch or something. But I think that I, 
gravitate towards that anyways. I think that like, I, I won't feel like a song is finished until I have some part that like gives me goosebumps sometimes where like, where like, it's just like a kind of emotional moment. Um, and so I think like, regardless of whether I was thinking too hard about that component, I wouldn't be happy with a song until it felt like it had that quality there. Um, and these days I try to make sure that it's there, which I hope results in um, songs that, that feel like that component is there even more. Um, I don't know, because because a lot of my earlier music was more vulnerable and less like fleshed out and like and like fully produced. Um, so so the emotion was probably more like at the center. So I, but 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 I'm definitely very like concerned with making sure that that's preserved. Like you're right. And, and it is like a bit of a challenge, but at the same time, all I really have to do at the end of the day is make sure that that the lyrics I write and like the songs I write are are trying to express something important to me because because in the past I had such trouble writing lyrics that I was happy with and as I get more confidence as a lyricist I actually think that I can do that better but like like a rule that I have nowadays is that even though I prefer even though I enjoy lines like songs that don't uh, have a particular meaning they're just kind of like not gibberish but like free flowing and kind of like uh, just word association um, I think there's power in that I, I still like have this rule now where I, where I make sure that every single line I write like I can explain it that there's like a meaning behind it if someone asked me like hey what does this line mean I'd, I'd be able to say like okay well like I don't I don't have like maybe this isn't specifically describing an event in my life or something but it has like a meaning to me and I definitely didn't do that in the past. In the past, a lot of the time, I would just write a lyric that that, that fit the syllable requirements, that fit the amount of, that fit the melody um, or the inflection that needed to be there. Um, and so now I try to do both because I think I'm more confident in that now and I've been able to get better as a lyricist. Is that why you've put the vocals closer to the front of the mix on this last album? I think it's, it's, it's uh, all sorts of things that do that. I mean, I, I definitely... See, people people pointed that out to me when I first started releasing music, and I think unconsciously I was kind of burying my vocals a bit because I really thought they weren't competent, they weren't like good enough. So I tried to make the rest of the mix kind of carry the the most labor and like and like be upfront. But with with this album, I, I had definitely gotten a lot more confident in my singing, and I was more confident in the the lyrics. I, I think I think that yeah, I think that like this album, um, I took a little bit of time with it after yellow house and like even on yellow house uh i felt pretty confident in what i was doing but but with 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 the new album far from this world i, I really wanted uh to make sure that wasn't an issue because like i could tell that i mean i would get messages every now and then where people were saying like yeah like my your voice was what like drew me to your music and i was like that's that's like crazy to me um especially because like when i send uh, my music to, to playlisters and like uh, PR people and such like the, the most common feedback I get is that like the delivery is weird or like the vocals are like the the element that needs the most work um, but I think that I think that that comes as a matter of like having a unique voice in the first place like I don't think that my vocals sound like like super cleanly produced or like kind of like typical of like the genre or, or, or not even close to like what what's generally popular but a lot of artists that I like have had like interesting voices. Like, like I, I, I really appreciate the work of uh, Phil Elfram from the microphones in Mount Erie. And like, he's always had a very like direct, like soft spoken kind of honest sounding voice that, that is not typical of his genre or typical of popular music. And, and, and so those like thinking about those sorts of artists and, and having 
gotten that response from people did make me more comfortable thinking like, like, yeah, like I, I can put my vocals at the front of the mix and it's not going to be an issue. And if it's something that people really enjoy in my music, I should be making sure that it's not buried. Um, in fact, really, that was what, what was really at the, that was what motivated me to do that more than the lyrics, because it, in the last, like with, with Yellow House and with uh, the album before that, Colo Sunset, I was, I was definitely like happy with the lyrics but I, I am most proud of the lyrics on this album for sure. I feel like I was able to, I had a lot to, to say and on, on earlier albums, I felt like I didn't have as much to say. Um, I was more just focused on the production, the sound of the music. That seems like it would be quite a, a logical transition though. Like mm-hmm. kind of focusing more on that when you don't have as much to say. And then when this does come in, you're now in a position where you're prepped to combine both together in quite an impactful way. Oh yeah, Definitely. Yeah, with, with this album, I, I there there was just so much happening in my life, and and I had a lot to write about all of a sudden, um, in a way that I didn't before. A lot of my writer's block comes from like I'll have a lot of demos, but I but they won't have lyrics yet, and they won't have really like vocal melodies yet, and and the lyrics were were definitely a difficult part when when my life was kind of tedious and like not a whole lot happening. Um, and so, so when things got kind of uh, crazy in the last year, and really before before all of that um, went down, even before that, things had gotten kind of interesting in my life. Um, interesting as being eventful, <laughs> and and so I had like I had a I had a good bit to say, um, and I was I was like excited about that to an extent because I feel like I think this is a bit of a myth, but I think that there's this whole like idea that that artists are at their best when they're like not suffering but when they're like when when they have a lot of uh material or or, or, uh emotional weight uh, yeah emotional weight and also just inspiration and inspiration is often tied up with like heavy emotions whether it's positive emotions like like being in love or like uh negative emotions like like heartbreak like either one i think is important but i the myth i always hear is that artists are like uh once they like find like like happiness or like find like comfort in their life like their music like suffers for it somehow and i i i definitely fell into that line of thinking like when i was listening to music in like high school and like listening to artists like elliot smith and like nick drake and thinking like 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 was their suffering or what was their 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 uh melancholy sort of attitude like important to the emotional weight of their work um, and at the end of it, at the end of the day, you, you really recognize that that someone's someone's life and their mental uh, state are, are so much more important than 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 anything with their art. And I also think that that, like I said, it's it's really is like a, it really is a myth because I know so many artists who were able to build a whole kind of life around themselves and and settle down and like and like not really have to stress over things, make make decent money, and like be able to just sort of be comfortable um and 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 work on their mental health and and still put out incredible music i mean i think that that's absolutely a myth that like uh great music comes from suffering like i think that it's uh it it would be a terrible bargain anyways to make i guess (laughs) i feel like the opposite is true too you look at a lot of artists who are suffering and don't make particularly good music maroon five yeah yeah for example (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it's definitely not the correlation doesn't seem to really be there um, but I do think that that the line of thinking behind that really probably just comes out of like people connecting so much with music that helps them through difficult times. I think that that's that's some of the best music can do for you is 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 to help you when you're struggling and 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 because when you're happy, you don't really need 
need like good music to like reinforce your happiness. But when you're, when you're feeling really bad, um, music can help you work through that. Even if it's like listening. I mean, I know some people hate listening to sad music when they're sad because it's just going to make them feel worse. But I know a lot of other people where like, that's like the most comforting thing is to be able to feel like understood or like comforted by, by music that, that, um, I guess empathizes with you. A lot of people, have the most attachment to, to sad or kind of more melancholy music because it helps them through difficult times. Is the catharsis different for you as a creator when you're making music that maybe has a weight for you personally that it didn't previously? Hmm. Well, I mean, I mean, there's definitely like a, a, I, I, I know some artists talk about how like music is really like a way that they process things going on in their life. And I feel that more these days it's always been, it, it's, it's been more of like an escapism thing for me where like, I don't really try to process um, what I'm going through in music. I, I like make music to get away from it and like stop thinking about it. So that's kind of like a push and pull thing where like, if, like, like I, I try to write the lyrics about whatever's going on, but like the, the most um, therapy I get out of music is more just being able to stop focusing on those things for a while. And like, get really lost in like getting a sound to to to, to work right like it, just the production and like mixing and stuff like or even just kind of playing guitar until i get like a riff that sounds right it's not really a matter of trying to express what i'm going through often but sometimes just to escape it um which is definitely like a theme on the new album is kind of like music as a way to get away from the world or like or like take a vacation from it kind of like like leave it behind for a little while yeah, it's a safe space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I, I hear that just as much from, from listeners. I think that it, they're kind of two sides of the same coin. Like some people, the benefit to listening to music when they're struggling is to be able to escape it. And for other people, the benefit is for it to bring them to reality or kind of like uh, allow them to process something or like fully feel something, I guess, make sense of it. Yeah, that's where like political music and stuff comes into the picture. Yeah, definitely. Where do you kind of draw the line between escapism and running away from problems? Because I, I, I find that as a creator as well, it's very easy to avoid problems by focusing on your art or your creative project. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, well, you have to have a separation between like uh, your your creative life and, and your real life and make sure that one doesn't uh, overwhelm the other and consume it because like... I find that, that that to to make work that I'm really proud of, I have to like really set a lot of time for it, both mentally and like physically. Like like it's kind of like mental space as well as like just actually setting aside like real like time to work on it. Um, you also have to have to like uh, clear your mind in a way. You can't be like that's why I feel like it's hard for people who work like really long hours to be able to come home and just like work on a song because like like you're, you're going to be mentally exhausted. You don't have the energy to make that happen and so so you have to be careful that you're not um putting all this time into music that that should really be going into um like you said like solving problems in your life and trying to mitigate the things that are are bringing you down with this album it felt like such an opportune moment for me to be working and recording because a lot of the events that were going down, including like COVID and everything, you, you kind of are powerless to an extent. And so you're dealing with just sort of um, managing the problems more than, or like coping with the problems more than like, because, you know, there's a saying that like, you shouldn't worry about the, the things you can't change. 
And a lot of the stuff that I was talking about and dealing with was stuff that I really couldn't change. But you do have to be careful that, that and recognize that like when there are things that you can change, you know, writing a song about it isn't always the best thing to do. You could also look at it, though, that when you're going through a period where you feel completely out of control and like things are happening and you can't quite get a handle on them, you're turning to something that you have complete control over. Yeah, yeah. Which is making exactly, a song exactly. where you can, you know, tweak every minute EQ detail mm-hmm. or compression or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. No, that's definitely what's therapeutic about it. Like, I mean, I, I love that. That's what I love about like creating in general is that like you kind of like wh- whether whether I need it in, in, in a particular moment or not, it's always going to be fun to be able to kind of like escape into your own world and like and like get everything uh, sounding just how you want it, get everything like uh, and just world building. Like, I, I mean, if I wasn't making music, I would be doing all kinds of other creative endeavors i mean i have interests in all forms of art uh because they're all like they all have the same draw to me i guess are you still a big photographer yeah yeah i i, I shoot on film a good bit i've been lazy about developing roles but I, I definitely uh shot some film while i was traveling recently and something i want to get back into is is doing collage work um because i love i love collaging photos it's it's the same it's the same uh thing for me when you work with collage as, as, as what we were talking about earlier with like listening to old tapes, um, because what's so cool about doing collage is that I, I try to make sure that all of my sources are very old, like magazines and like national geographics, like no, no later than like the seventies, because, because the, the, the look of the old photographs and the look of old like print stuff has these associations already kind of pre-built into them like you like an old photograph is is going to give you a different impression from like a new photograph and the new photograph really doesn't have as much context imbued into it a new photograph just 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 doesn't it's 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 blank in terms of associations because it's just what we see now every day all the time um but when you collage stuff from old photographs you're, you're putting together these old associations in like a new way, I guess. And and what's cool about it to me is that you end up with a product that's like uh, both is that's an intersection of of the old and the new because you put it together in a completely unique way and you come to it you 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 created it from the perspective of like someone in the present, um, but you're compiling like old sources. Um, I mean, it's even more obvious when you when people do digital collage where they pull like really old stuff off of Flickr Commons, but then they're arranging it in Photoshop. And I just love that that that, juxt- that juxtaposition of like um, editing old photographs with programs that you can only use today, you know? Is it a different feeling when you're making art from someone else's creation, though, when you're using someone else's images? It, it is, it is. But, but I've actually always kind of enjoyed um, that process because you, you, it feels like you're collaborating with something. Um, and it's actually funny, like when I when I first started making music, my interest in sampling came from exactly that. Like I I would always um, start writing songs with like a sample that I'd found. Like I would I would find some some three second kind of loop, and then I would add a guitar around it, like guitar chords, and then eventually I'd add melodies and other things. Um, and it was a way to escape the pressure of like starting from a blank canvas on like a song. And like having to just write from scratch and it's all you 
like the song has to come straight from you and nothing else um and that was so like difficult for me when i first started because i was i really wasn't confident in my songwriting so i was just like well if i if i really like the sample then the guitar song that i write around it isn't really the 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 center of attention nor is it like the only thing that i'm dealing with like i can i can feel like again like i'm collaborating with something um that i already enjoy and it's the same thing with collage again like like i really enjoy these old photographs i enjoy the look of them so the collage is always going to turn out like decent to me because of the source material you know is the feeling you get from taking a great photograph the same feeling you get when you capture a great field recording yeah for sure um i mean i mean like there is something great in in taking your own photo that like that like you know it was all you and like the results are all you and I mean, I, i'll admit i'm probably more proud of that than i am of like a sample based composition but drawing drawing the comparison between like like collage work and and, and photography and music um and the feeling you get out of succeeding in that is definitely definitely like there field recordings have always been like a part of my sound um and and it's because i love the idea of taking like the most essential like element of a real moment like like when you make a field recording um you're literally recording your surroundings what's going on in your reality there's no filtering there's no like uh uh, uh touching up or like playing the guitar recording for the 12th time until you get like a really good take it's just recording the sound of what's around you um the people talking or or the the birds chirping or whatever it is um and and you can put that in your song just in the background or in like a, a quiet moment of the song so it's really at the center and and every time someone listens to it they get to hear that exact moment in your life. And that's so cool to me. Um, and I don't use field recordings as much as, actually, I still try to put them, put them in wherever I can, but they're not quite at the center like they used to be. And, and, and I want to do that more because I just love that idea just conceptually. Yeah, they're more like a flourish these days. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is. To come out to photography as well, the lyric video for Light Beyond, were those photographs that you'd taken yourself? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I'll admit this. I, w- I was mostly inspired by, um, I mentioned Phil Elvram earlier. Um, the the impetus behind that lyric video was I, I was so captivated by how the video for his like one song album he put out earlier this year, um, it's called, I think, Microphones in 2020. His, his video for the song was just a, a video on his, like i guess with like a digital camera of him just putting film photos on top of film photos for 40 minutes straight um and he obviously just had this enormous collection of film photography that he'd taken over years and years and years and i'll admit i kind of like like i i sort of put my own spin on it and 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 tried to uh like like put my own aesthetic into it but that was like like a heavy source of inspiration where i was like i i have these like years and years of film photographs um, that I've taken, I had about like 150 or so um, that I was like happy with, even though there were more. Um, and I and I was thinking like like I could absolutely just kind of create like what's essentially a slideshow of those and just kind of overwhelm the the viewer with like the product of like years of time in my life because um, some of those film photos were taken like right when the project had first started up till like today. Um, so, so it's like, it's like, for me, it has this very personal meaning for the viewer. It's kind of different because for me, I, I know when all those photos were taken, I know what they mean to be, they, to me, they all have personal associations and, and for the viewer, you kind of get that, but it's not personal 
to them anymore. It's more just like they get that theme. They get the theme out of it of like, of like, this is like uh, moments and moments of someone's life, like compressed into this three minute video. Um, and, and, and I think that's a deep or not a deep concept, but, a, but an engaging concept. Um, I, I was hoping that people would watch it and, and like, I guess feel like there was a lot of content in it, I suppose, that, that I don't think you necessarily get out of a, a, a normal kind of standard music video that's kind of just like telling a short story that's like filmed as a production, you know, as, as something that's, that's not faked, you know, the same way that a movie is like acted, you know, th- these are just photos that I've taken. It's, it's not an act or anything, you know? Yeah, I guess a normal music video is kind of like wearing a mask to tell the truth. Like it's fantasy, yeah, exactly. but it's exploring a truth. Whereas the lower video that you've done is very much more kind of realism showing it yeah. very plainly as it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was kind of worried about that, that like the, some, the, the, that in a sense, the video uh, was almost too upfront or like, but 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 I but I, at the same time, that was something that I enjoyed too. So it's kind of like a relationship with that was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, maybe the honesty is what's what's interesting about the video. I mean, even like the background uh, video behind the film photos is is also just like VHS footage that like my friends shot when we were in like high school. Um, and I'd I'd always wanted to like use that footage somehow, but I knew it couldn't. I knew it couldn't be at like the forefront. And I've actually sampled the footage a lot, um, like the music, like not the music, but the the uh, audio to that VHS recording. Yeah. And of course, the audio isn't in the video. It's just it's just only the, the the visuals. That same recording, it shows up like all over a lot of my albums. Just the audio from it. The the same way you were saying, you know, you kind of see that when you watch that video, it's almost like a linear timeline. You know, every photo has a very <laughs> specific memory. Mm-hmm. Is that a similar thing for you with the B sides album you stuck out last year? When you kind of see these things collected over the last six years? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. The B-Sides release, uh, it was weird because like some of the demos are so old um, and I definitely wanted it to, uh, I, in, in, the, in the description, I think I made it kind of clear that like my point wasn't really to put out like a polished release, but more just to, it reminds me of like, I can't remember who it was, but I was reading an interview with some people who had put out like an album recently. I can't remember the band, but but they were saying they, they just kind of wanted the album to be like just a recording of like how they sound at a certain time period. Like, just, just like, this is what our band sounds like right now. And like, this is obviously going to change, but like, it's important for this album to represent that honestly. Um, and like, and like, that's kind of what the B-Sides release was for me too, where like, I didn't want it to be a polished thing. I just wanted it to be like, this is what like I've been doing for like six years. And this is the stuff that I didn't release. These are just all the experiments and like, and like audio, just, just fiddling with stuff that I've been doing without any uh polish on it and without without any like uh adherence to a certain theme the kinds of like meta ideas that you that you discuss when you're putting together a release where you think like like what's the song that should go at the start like how do we want it to end how many songs should this be etc um that's all kind of like stuff that's important and helps make a release sound so coherent and so like powerful um but it's also in some sense like a it detracts from the honesty of of like what you were actually doing during that time period. It's like when people write a hundred songs for an album and then they cut it down to like ten. You you lose so much in terms of like honestly uh, capturing what you were doing in that time. Um, the, just releasing those hundred songs would sound terrible, 
but it would be more accurate to what you're actually doing, if that makes sense. Yeah. Have you figured out any ways that you can preserve that in the album itself? To an extent, I do a little bit. Like, like one of the things I, I like to do is like, um, there are little interludes of like small kind of parts of songs that, that never got finished throughout like Far From This World, like the new release. Like the second half of that song, Timeless, is just a song that I really wanted to finish, but I just couldn't get it to sound right. And I was like, well, in this state, it kind of works as just like an outro of sorts. And so I put it on there anyways, because like it, 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 it felt like it was part of the session. Like it felt like it was important to what I was doing at the time. And even if it wasn't finished, I should still find a way to incorporate it into the final release. And so that's definitely one way that I, that I mitigate that, I guess. When when you think your music is kind of at its most pure and its most raw, emotionally? Yeah, that's uh, that's actually an interesting question because it's something I, I struggle with a lot because I feel like I'm in a push and pull between like what I feel is most natural for me, which is sort of more ambient and like not experimental because experimentation is actually hard. People think it's like the easiest type of music to make, but it's really the hardest. But just sort of stuff that doesn't have a whole lot of uh, structure and 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 like and like yeah this sort of like ambient stuff and stuff that's really just playing with sound is what comes most naturally to me and i almost have the most fun doing it um but even then if i do that for long enough i start to miss for some reason the 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 stress and like the puzzle like elements of like putting together a good pop song like like the the construction of it like getting the structure right and getting something catchy and like and like making sure that the production is clear like it's almost like a challenge that I both appreciate and that still exhausts me in the end. So like whenever I put out like a, a, a really polished release with like catchy hooks and such, I always feel super exhausted and like want to just do something simple and like ambient and weird for the next thing um, as a way to decompress. Um, but they're both so captivating to me. And I feel like if I did just one, I would get bored and want to do the other one again. But in terms of purity, and like and like what is most specific to me that like only i can do or that feels like from me more than um from a bunch of other external influences it's definitely like the more ambient and like kind of uh just playing with sound that that's what that's what i love most about music the the songwriting and and the hooks and like trying to make something poppy is like an enjoyable challenge but it feels like me trying to play someone else's role or or like or like play a game you know like 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 it's a challenge that i can i can try to uh, succeed in but when i just don't have any um expectations and don't have any goals in mind i just i just make weird stuff and i think that's probably what's only mine like 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 i don't have any influences when i do that i just kind of do what sounds good to me meanwhile with the pop stuff i'm like trying to emulate other bands that i enjoy um, and I'm trying to incorporate stuff that I like in other music that I've listened to into my sound. So it's like, it's not as pure. It's not, it's not just me. It's me plus these other um, influences and, and like goals that I have, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I imagine you need those goals to kind of drive you and make music. Definitely. Definitely. Um, I mean, like I said, eventually I, I get bored if I'm just playing with sound. Also because I have more of a formula with that sort of thing. Like, like I actually have a harder time experimenting with ambient sort of stuff than I have experimenting with like pop stuff because there's always so many different angles I can come at it from, like so many different ways I can try to write and so many different, so many different styles of instrumentation. Like, like I, I, I also have the same 
uh, dichotomous relationship between trying to make stuff that sounds very like synthy and like and like drum machines and like kind of uh, electronic pop and 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 trying to do something that's more like akin to uh, more like like folky and like alternative almost alternative rock type of stuff where it's just like I'm playing with just guitar and like bass and like drums and just kind of more traditional uh, analog instruments because I love both sounds so much and I listen to artists in both fields who I appreciate so much. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.